Hello and welcome back to Hindsight is 5050. I'm the host J-Rod with my co-host the ORG old retired guy. Dad, how you doing? I'm doing really good. Doing really good, buddy. You know, it's colder today, but everything's green. I look forward to that. I, I look forward to spring. There's, you know, certainly some messy times during the spring. And we actually had snow this morning. There was... We had that... Our deck was snow covered. We did. We didn't have that, but so we we've had like you know, eighties, almost ninety, and then today we had that grapple. That it's like a perfect circle, and it's soft hail, so it like melts after it hits. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So that one that that's what we've had on and off all day today. But yeah, we had you know high seventies, and like you said, we had. I think the highest we had last week was 83. We had like three days where it was right around that temperature. And I mean, you know, it's like in the spring you have fresh batteries. So I'm anxious to get out and do things. And I always have to trim those. You know, we've got a bunch of those wild cherry trees and they just grow all over the place. Um and so I always have to trim those limbs out because if I don't, they hang down and hit me in the face when I'm mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. And I don't want That's that. That's fun. So yeah. I give them, <laughs> I give those all a haircut. But yeah, I mean, I worked, I actually worked pretty hard outdoors. But then, how'd you lose your eye riding the lawn or, yeah, yeah riding the lawnmower? Just yeah. I, cherry I, tree. I, <laughs> I, I almost always have safety glasses on sunglasses with safety glasses see that scar bit by a squirrel (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i you know i i just you get kind of or i do anyway because the winter and even though this year by michigan standards was a mild one i mean i'm anxious to get out and get going when the weather gets good so i got a lot done there's a few things that are you know We'll see. They sound like they're falling into place. So, you know, for the the tractor's not here yet, but it's supposed to be soon. So that's that's one of the big linchpins of, you know, everything that I'm excited about. But I ordered an attachment for the back, and that's coming in. And, you know, my landscape stone that they gave to me has been up at the quarry up by Saginaw for since I retired and I didn't really have it a ride. Well, one of my old friends who owns a contracting business, you know, he had his, one of his foremen call him yesterday and call me yesterday and they're going to pick that up this week. So I'll have another, as soon as that tractor gets here, I'll have another project for that tractor. Uh, it's just an address stone, you know. It's like a, it's a big piece of limestone that's like. You put it on the corner right where you put your trash bin. Yes, 
in that general vicinity and and put our house number on it. It's just kind of a cool thing. Plus, it'll be a hell of a lot easier for delivery drivers too. Yes, and and you know, I have the rock garden where all of the places that I worked, I have rocks from every one of those in that rock garden, but I didn't have anything from that quarry. And so this is the rock from that quarry for whatever, for whatever sentimental purpose that has, but it's, I always kind of wanted one of those. And so, and then I've, you know, got a buddy who's going to deliver me some stone so I can put some bedding stone in for that. And yeah, so, I mean, I'm kind of, you know, if if we don't get any more hail, I'm going to have to mow lawn pretty this week <laughs> for sure. You know, but I see the temperature. The forecast is like you know, down in the 40s, up in the 50s, down in the 40s for the. And I think there's even a day in there in the 70s in the next 10 days. So it's a typical Michigan spring, but something to be excited about for me. I just I like being outdoors. You know, I just like I like doing things outdoors. We had a list of show topics, and this one isn't on there, and it's just a quick story. I don't know if, did the Melissa tell you about the text I sent her this morning? No. Tell you anything? Well, I got a text from her. No, I didn't get it till like, she must have worked last night, right? Yes. Yeah. So I didn't see it until I woke up, but the text, I received it. My phone received it at 4.35 a.m., so I figured she was working. And it was this TikTok thing, and the guy is like, he's singing a song, and he's dancing around in the house, and he's got on, you know. Yes, I know what you're talking about. She showed me the TikTok. Yeah, and he goes, he walks outside while he's still singing and rips off his cargo pants like stripper pants, you know. And jumps on the zero turn and just going away, and because I think she knows that's how I. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like there's like a caption or something like "Dad's when spring hits" or something yes. like that. Yeah, and he's just in a chipper mood, and he's got those snap-on pants that you wear for like basketball. Yes, and he walks outside and just rips them off and puts on his headphones and gets on his uh, zero turn. Yep. lawnmower and he's just spinning around in a circle smiling it's great that is fantastic <laughs> me time buddy i i've it's... i've enjoyed that for years and i do i still do and you know when that tractor comes in your mom said to me the other day she said i'm never gonna see you am I? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like well you know when uh, i mean goes. you're you're getting up there you're running out of room for for collector's toys now you're getting up there in your number of toys you you got yourself a fairly new chainsaw you've got yeah. a nice riding mower you've yeah. got a four-wheeler a mule which is a utv for anyone who doesn't know with a cab on it yeah um you Motor have cycle. you've got two motorcycles right now yeah. And you've got your tractor on the way, as well as little trailers to pull behind it, and all kinds of things. Plus, you got your pickup truck. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I've turned into Larry the Cable Guy uh, <laughs> in my retirement. One of the guys, one of my neighbors. You know, the neighbors are as anxious for me about as as I am about the tractor. I mean, I get texts from neighbors all the time. Like, when are you, 
I'm sure they want to come see it too. Oh like, yeah, you guys oh, are yeah. all tracker guys. I, we're going on a neighborhood tour as soon as I can figure out how to navigate that thing. But yeah, one of the guys, the new neighbors, you know, that there's, I told you, they're such nice people. I he said, any news on the tractor? And I said, you know, maybe Monday, but I'm supposed to hear Monday, which I'm actually supposed to hear today, if it'll be here this week. And so I text him that, and he sends me back this text of a giant tractor with that's just like flames are coming out of the wheels. And it, and he says, it says, my vision of your tractor. <laughs> it's, it's like, no, that's the, no. I, some but, of those tractors are insane, though. I mean, when I worked on a farm bale and hay, and I know they get way more expensive, but the the tractor that I was hooking up to uh, uh, the the wagons and the trailers was a hundred eighty thousand dollar tractor. Oh, I'm, I'm and sure. And the cab, the cab was more spacious than any cab I've been in out of a single seat machine. And underneath the seat was a built in refrigerator. <laughs> and they had TV and satellite and everything was on it. It was loaded. Well, you know. I mean, obviously, the one I'm getting doesn't have a cab. It's nothing like that. But it will be a fun toy. It looks like it's going to be a modern red version of Grandpa's old blue tractor. And I like that style. Well, it's got a front bucket, and that's a huge difference, which Grandpa's didn't. And it and it's going to... But again, that's an attachment. I mean, you can take those arms off. Oh, yeah. Hydraulic yeah. arms. So. And the bucket but I, I just meant, like, these. the style. It's like oh, yeah. a... Yeah. Like, that size not that it's not a work tractor but it looks more like a garden tractor if that makes sense well you know the neighbors got the ford tractor and i want to say that is like greg bondy's his is like i don't know 30 years old maybe because tractors last forever especially if they're diesel oh yeah exactly <laughs> but he i was over there talking to him the other day because he asked me to, to and i so i was talking to him and and that tractor that I'm getting is, I would bet that if you put the wheelbase dimensions and everything, it's very close to what he has, which I can see all the work he does with his, and, and that's fine. That's plenty enough for me. That, you know, oh, yours will do everything. Oh, yours is as high as Greg's does? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, see, I like I didn't think this was much longer. I just thought it was taller. But and it's got I, I it, feel like that's why everyone's gonna want to look at the tractor though, is it's they're gonna be able not only to see you use it, but like they'll get to take a look at it and when they all are ready for a new tractor, they're gonna have an idea of more of the technology that they do or don't want. Well yeah, and I mean this one's got the air cushion seat and all that stuff, which Greg's is older and it doesn't have that. But Anyway, that that text that Melissa sent me, it made me think about something that happened when we had the Easter egg hunt. Okay. And it's just it's a real quick story, but I shared this with her. When you guys got here, as when everybody did, I always just kind of walk outside and is there anything I can help carry in and all that, you know. So when you guys got here, you happened to be the last ones to arrive at Easter, which was doesn't matter. <laughs> no, but well, you get the farthest to go. But anyway, I step outside, and as soon as JJ got out of that car, your oldest boy, he was running to me. 
and his face was lit right up and he yelled grandpa and i mean he came up and you know he ran and jumped and i picked him up and you know i told i told melissa i said you know there are there are moments in your lifetime that are you never forget i'll never forget that that was i he was as excited to see me as i was to see him and that was a pretty cool thing because we i mean i love all the grandkids and i get along with all of them i do but he and i we do lots of stuff together we you know he likes to be outside he likes to help me and uh that just well i read i read something a post the other day and it was actually about dogs but i think it's relatable to kids and and someone was putting their dog down and they said it's a shame they don't last as long as we do and this little kid said he knew why and so they asked him why and the little kid said because they've already figured out how to be happy and love someone and only just love them like when you get home your dog is always happy he's always wagging their tail right so it's unconditional love without any strings attached and it's like that to me, I, whether it's a true story made up, I don't care. But that expression to me is exactly like little kids. It's like they almost have it all figured out on that level. And I think that's why we're not kids for very long. Well, it's, it's, it's like it has to go to away for us to, to appreciate it. There's a lot of truth to that. Now, I sent you guys a text the other day that was I never got a response back from you. And that's okay. Well, if it's in a group text, I, I'm really bad. I don't. Well, that's okay. <laughs> but, but anyway, you'll find this funny. Okay, so I have to take, well, I just started taking it again, this medicine for my feet. Well, okay. One of the side effects and one of the reasons I quit taking it is because, I mean, I have weird dreams when I take that stuff. It's called gabapentin. And yeah, I, I take and I, or I used to. It's for nerve pain. Yeah, and I yeah. and I take a about the smallest dose you can take. I mean, you can take up to eighteen hundred milligrams a day or something. And I take like three hundred. Well, I had quit taking it for a long time because I didn't like it. Well, then when I started working outdoors last week, it's like I go, man, I'm going to have to start taking that again because my feet were really bugging me. One of the nights. And I, this is what I text you boys about, all three of you boys. I had this dream, and I remember it very vividly. Your mom, who this June will be 40 years, she was leaving me. When, when the tractor came, your mom said she was leaving me. And she said she was leaving me for another man. And I said, well, you know, I hope you're happy. I wish you wouldn't go. But I will tell you this. I have that tractor now, and if I ever see that guy, you'll never find the body. <laughs> no, that was my dream. <laughs> I and mean, I, that is bizarre. I, isn't it? Isn't it? And a, yeah, I don't. Again, that's why I don't, I don't, one of the reasons I don't, I don't like taking anything, but, I mean, I have to take certain things, but, uh yeah, that, that stuff, I, and I really do have weird dreams. I don't much care for that. But at, at night, each night, I have, you know, I put on the list comedians, 
I, I have you ever listened to Mitch Fatel? I'm Fatel? sure I have, but the name doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I think I was researching him, and he started out with he was like one of Howard Stern's producers, I think, for Howard Stern Show. And this was years ago, and and Mitch Fatel is much. He's got to be in his forties or fifties now. But his whole shtick is all about, I mean, it's almost always about sex. And he interacts with people in the audience, mostly women. <laughs> He'll pick out a woman. And then he may interact with her boyfriend, too, to kind of ease any tension that he's creating. But, you know, each night, uh, when I was a little kid, I used to go to bed listening to Tiger Baseball. And I could even listen to St. Louis Cardinals games. Now, this was, you know, 60 years ago. So you had an AM radio. And, I mean, at that time, transistors were kind of just getting popular, little transistor radios. Well, even though we had a, had a bedtime, I could hide one of those radios in my pillowcase. And I'd listen to Tigers games. And I'd, sometimes I'd listen to St. Louis Cardinals game. Years and years ago, Harry Carey, who did the Cubs games for years, did St. Louis Cardinals games. So I'd listen to those. Well, now I've gotten the habit of listening to comedians on, you know, Pandora on my phone. And it's, you know, right next to my head and the volume's really low. And I, and I for some reason, I like going to sleep to someone talking. And I don't necessarily like the brightness of the TV, but... So I listened to this Mitch Fatel a lot, and I think he's really good. There's a lot of guys that I think are really good. Anthony Jesselnik, I he is just rude and bold, and he makes. I mean, bad I think jokes. he's hilarious. I think he's funnier than hell. I mean, I it's do. certainly very dark humor, but it's, it's edgy thoughts yeah. that everybody can have. Oh yeah. And then, and John Caparulo is one of my favorites. But in this rotation on Pandora, <coughs> excuse me, I find myself listening to people that just because of that rotation that Pandora puts you in, you know, if you like this guy, you should like this guy. Right. I, I'm able to listen to a lot of guys that I, I would have otherwise never heard of. Like there's a guy, I think his name is Noah Garden Schwartz. I think he's really funny, and he's Jewish, and he makes fun of himself being Jewish. Um, and another guy is Nate Bargatze. That um, dude is incredible. I love that guy. His country, like uh, it, the little like twang in his voice that oh, makes yeah. him sound country, but also the blatant honesty when it comes to stupidity that just cracks me up because he'll sit there and he'll go you know i'm i'm gonna tell you guys right now i'm i'm pretty dumb and they'll go oh you're not that dumb and he goes well we're about to have a conversation i'm just letting you know <laughs> right yeah, yeah but it's just honest it's no. like that shit is so good He's there's sad. another guy like uh nick thune nick thune i like him too some good stuff yep yep i like him too um Bargatze was, you know, and, and obviously they all have a ton of, of routines that are very good. And, I, and Caparulo is one of my favorites. I think 
Caparulo's voice is funny. Just his voice. Yeah. That itself is funny. But Bergazzi was talking about, again, he was talking about his lack of intelligence. And, you know, he's from Tennessee. And he said, well, you know, and, and and then I think he either is now, I think he now lives in New York. But he said, you know, I didn't even know how to get to New York. I didn't even know where New York was. He said, I knew where Kentucky was and Virginia was. <laughs> and he goes, all the places that might invade us. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is just so no, hilarious. No, good. But yeah, he's real, you know, he is. I mean, he, he has a Starbucks bit that I would encourage anyone to go out and listen to. Because when he hands over money and then they start asking him questions, he expects <laughs> it to like be the end of the transaction. And the back and forth between him and the barista is some of the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. And, and you know, he, he is. It, you're right. His persona. And when you see him, it's, it's even funnier. Like and he, he used to be like pretty chubby. Now he's well, like a silver fox. He since he's yeah. got money, he's in good shape, he's well taken care of. But when he first became popular, he was just like a chubby country bumpkin. <laughs> like, well, yeah, and, and and he he makes fun of that too. And about fighting, it's like who you know? I'm not gonna fight anybody. Yeah, he said he's he like, I mean, he'll the, kick my ass. <laughs> he goes to this self defense class and. It's just him and two older 70-year-old ladies are the only ones there. Yeah. And the instructor doesn't even show up. So he said, we kicked for like two minutes. We practiced kicks. And then we just sat down and talked for an hour and a half. <laughs> but he did a Netflix thing that was... He, I'm sure he has more than one, but I watched one of his Netflix specials and it was really we had one that came out this year i don't know if that's the one you watch but it was pretty good and he and you know and he talks about it it just his life and like you said his persona and you know and when i first heard him the first skit i ever heard and you know how, how his dry delivery is he said you know my dad was a clown and he goes no my dad was a clown with the big nose and the big feet and the makeup. He says the whole time I was, you know, through grade school, my dad made his living by being a clown. And, you know, and just his delivery makes it even more funny. It's like, it's cool until you're about five and you start to figure out that your dad's a clown. Yes. (laughs) And then by the time he's in junior high, all his friends are saying, so is your dad still doing the clown thing? And, he said, and then his dad converted to being a magician. Yes. And he goes, and he says, no, he's pretty much full-time magic now. Yeah. And <laughs> anyway, there's just so many guys that, and, and that's one of my, one of my things that I, I, I like listening to someone talk. Wouldn't they have a special charisma about them though? Like, yeah, like with him, it's it is that country accent, but but it's the combination. So you've got, you know, the the good old boy with like a belly laugh. That's kind of the personality you're getting in the beginning from him. Yep. But then when it gets to the the storytelling, what what I think he does exceptionally well is 
all of those everyday encounters where you have like an awkward moment or something weird happens and you might be in the shower later thinking about like, boy, I should have done that different. Or you get in the car and you're like, that was fucking odd. <laughs> he, his comedy is that conversation you have in your head. <laughs> like that. He, his comedy is explaining the awkward moment of what he's thinking. And I love that. Well, I I listened to one, and I'm sure it's older. Most everything on Pandora is, uh, as far as the comedians' acts. And, and many times, there'll be something that they reference, and you know that it's a 10-year-old skit or something. That's all I'm saying. But Caparula was talking about his wife, him and his wife, and their daughter being out in Vegas, and they were walking on the strip at night. And, you know, Caparula, and he makes fun of that part. You know, he's short, he's pudgy, you know, and he, he makes, he's self-deprecating in that regard, but they see this guy and, and there's like panhandlers and there's people dressed as Mickey Mouse trying to get, you know, $10 for a picture and all that stuff. But they see this guy who's, his penis is sticking out. <laughs> well, C Caparulo looks at it and he, cause you can't help. It's right in front of you. And it's like, he's just like walking and he's got his little girl, his two-year-old and he grabs his wife by the hand and, and he just keeps walking. Well, then they got in an argument after they walked away and, and Caparulo said, you know, that was fake. He just had that pinned to his pants or whatever. It wasn't really the guy's penis. And his wife says, well, I can't believe you let that go. He goes, so you want me to get in a fight with a guy with his penis? Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a lose lose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, you know, these guys, all these guys now are just, you know, one of the better storytellers that, that we didn't mention, at least in my opinion, and he's just got something is Ron white. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, his stories are just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got the Texas twang and, you know, when he performs live, he's always smoking a cigar and drinking Johnny Walker or well, that's he's what he, sober now. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I didn't even know if he was drinking iced tea in, in a Johnny Walker bottle. But. He used to be hammered before he'd go on stage. Um, and part of him losing weight and not being so red faced, he actually, about it but the a lot of celebrities that are trying to kick a bad habit or you know develop a new path for life whatever you want to call it they do those like ayahuasca journeys mm. and so they pay to go to a retreat where you're in a safe place with people who know how to manage you if you freak out or if you're comfortable they know how to make you even more comfortable and they're just there for your privacy and protection and they will administer the right so like you get like a small dose of something before the ayahuasca and then they will give you a little bit of ayahuasca later in the evening and then i think it's something like at like midnight or around there they give you another one and it's a hallucinogenic drug and apparently people go on these spiritual journeys i don't know how much of it's true or not but i do know that there's a ton of people who swear by it and it's like they they kick all these habits and he he doesn't drink anymore at all well and my old boss did. and i don't 
No, that he did. He described a week long thing that he and his wife both went on, and it was years ago. And he didn't describe any hallucinogenic drugs, so it may not be the same thing. But I know it was a week long process. He hasn't he hasn't had a drink of alcohol since. You know, and and so obviously for, and I know there's many things that work for many people, right? That that kind of thing worked for him. But they they I think there's something there. I mean, whether it's like DMT in your brain or or whatever it is, but I I do think there's something there that plays with your psyche a little bit because I've even heard stories of people um, that struggle with like tobacco and they do shrooms and, and they trip about all the tobacco that they've chewed in their life or, or smoked or whatever the case is. And then they don't do it ever again. So I, I think there's something it might not be what the plant or herb necessarily provides, but I think there's something that maybe it allows you to relax a part of your brain unlocks so you can kind of solve right. uh, a deeper problem, if that makes sense. Well, yeah, and it seems like it works for people. Now, as you know, you know, you're, you're, my mom's still around. My dad's been gone for be nine years this year. Uh, Crazy. But my mom's still around she still has the same place where i grew up out in the country my brother stays with her and she's 86 and she's still plugging along i mean she's back to she cooks some again she's you know gets around a little bit and those are all good things but with uh your mom's parents you know they're 92 and 90 and they we just, uh, I think it's just was two weeks or anyway, it's right around two weeks. We moved them into an assisted living facility and really nice place. I mean, really good. Like, it seems like it's good care. They, they have their own apartment, you know, they, they get them out you know, three times a day to go to meals. They have activities there. Your grandma's played bingo. I know your grandpa. I think they both went to a Bible study. They have musicians come in and different guys to play music and and different things. But, you know, that's one of those things where you're very fortunate if you can afford to do that because it's not cheap. And they're very fortunate that they're able to afford that. But well, they were fortunate also because I mean they they had in home care, which was twenty four seven probably care probably twice as expensive as a, going to a nice facility. They were going to run out of money eventually doing that. You have trouble with keeping help around and and agency versus non agency, and the pay rates are different, and it gets pretty astronomical. But that not only that, they have probably more of a life in this facility because they're able to participate with people their age as well as activities that people their age can do. But but even on top of all of that, the the biggest issue with them ever going into a facility was that they were at two different levels of care. Right. And you guys were able to find one where now they can still live together so you're not splitting them up. Right. So it's like 
I mean, this thing seems like a win across the board. Yeah, I mean, and and it's a small apartment, but it's plenty enough room. But they sit in Um, a chair all day. It doesn't need to be very big. And they sleep in a chair. They sleep in their chairs at night. So the bedroom, which was next to the bathroom, your mom and, and her sister, Jan, actually switched the bedroom now as their living room. Because it's bigger than what the living room was. And it has a bigger window. Like, they, they have a foyer. They can go outdoors. They, you know, there's just, it's proven to be, a, you know, a really nice thing. It's taken a lot a major of major blessing. Yes. It's taken a lot of the management of all that that you mentioned, the help, et cetera. Well, yeah, I mean, that's not even including the stress on you guys and everybody who's got to figure it out. That's just the financial and and aspects for grandma and grandpa. But, I mean, for mom and all that, it was, you know, for for lack of a better description, she never really got to retire because she just switched from her day job to taking care of them and managing the people who take care of them. It's, you can already see a difference. I mean... She doesn't have to worry about is so and so not going to make it for second shift, you know, and then and you I got think, no backup and all that. I stuff, think things so. like that, like with her stress level and anxiety level, as well as what that's going to do to you, because no one likes to see their partner miserable. Right. Um, it, not just that, but also grandma and grandpa being in a place where there's more activities to keep their brain motivated. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think. In both aspects, like on both sides of it, it added time, whether that's years or months, I don't know, but it added time to everybody's lifespan. Because it's like, if you're stressed because mom's stressed, that's not healthy for your long-term health. If mom's constantly stressed because her parents are, you know, unfortunately at a point in their life where they're a burden, that's not good for her health. And But now they're in a place where they're not a burden for you guys and they're going to be more active. It's like... It just, honestly, it seems like a great thing across the board. Well, and, you know, when you face that decision, if you're fortunate enough to be able to afford it, when you face that decision, it's tough on everybody. It's, it's, you know, you know, because everybody wants to stay at home, but there comes a point in time where it's just no longer practical, you know? And well, it's uh, just like the driving thing. When people start losing their independence, It's always going to be a struggle because you're essentially reverting back into a child. And it's like, okay, I can't drive. Someone wipes my butt. You know, someone cooks my meals. And now you're going to take my home? Yeah. So I I get the the stubborn aspect, but I do think it's a part of life. And I, I think there comes to a point where if it's something that's doable, that's not just going to break you, I, I think eventually... Most, if not all, old people settle into the idea of it because in the beginning, it might be like, you know, I raised you, I took care of you, so if you got to take care of me a little bit, so be it. But then after they realize how much work it is because you're grown adults and and there's more care even than there is with the kid because you can't let your grandparents or your parents go outside and play. Like, right. <laughs> There's there's that twenty four seven care you're talking about. I do think that there's a, a settling of that frustration or stubbornness to where they go. Okay, this is what's best for everyone. 
Well, you know, your grandpa, he was adamant about always wanting to stay at home. And I, and, and I knew, I felt that your grandma would, your grandma Scully would do like whatever he would do, she would do willingly. Okay. As long as she was with him, it was fine. Yeah. And, you know, but I dreaded the meeting. I did. I dreaded the meeting. And when we were, when everybody had made the decision to do this and it's, you know, clearly the right thing to do. I mean, there's, you can't, there's no rational argument against doing what had to be done here. Going to an assisted living facility, but I dreaded that meeting and there was no pushback at all. None. And he got it. He heard it. And your mom wanted me to be at the meeting. And the first thing I said to him was, you know, I'm not your blood, but I feel like I am. You know, I, he's done a lot of good things to me and we, for me, and we've had a really good relationship over the years for the most part. And, uh, you know, it's like, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but you know, whenever we have to make a change like that, you, you dread it and, or I did. And, uh, there was no pushback and they well, seem when to you like sit down it. and you're honest like that though, it, it only yeah. takes a reasonable person. I think that's the, the biggest thing that gets skewed when, when we have that, stereotype that nobody's going to want to go into assisted living it's like if you sugarcoat it and try and wrap me in bubble wrap and convince me it's going to be the world's greatest <laughs> thing you know you're full of shit but if you sit down and you go look financially this is where you're at this makes yep. the most sense you guys can stay together and it will make it this much easier on everyone i know you're a reasonable person can you make a reasonable decision it's like I, I really, I would find it hard, even though this particular grandpa can be quite stubborn at times, I would find it hard for him to argue with that when you say, you're still close, we'll yep. still come see you, and you guys get to stay together. By the way, if you guys make it to 100 years old, this is much more feasible financially than what you're currently doing. You know, your mom had just two numbers written on a piece of paper. While we were talking to him, she went over and sat by him and she goes, dad, this is what you're spending a month. And this is what you will be spending a month. And it was like 60% of what yeah. he was spending. And I'm confident at this place, they're getting better care. We well, that's ate... the thing with 24 seven care at home, especially when they're not all agency people. Some of them are just right. people you found. If somebody doesn't show up, Either you got to get there now or her parents don't have care. Right. That and situation that, never arises at this facility. Right. And, and that never happened because your mom always subbed. So it's a good, you know, it was one of those things. It's, it was tough, but it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. The food there is really good. We actually ate Easter dinner with them and they had ham and stuff. And, and it was, and, they they both seem to like it, so all is well. And and uh, you know we we knew that was the right thing, but after you do it, you just continue to get these reinforcements that yes, indeed, it was the right thing. So I think it also detaches um, some of the the bickering, right? Like we all know, everybody likes to bicker, but especially old people like to bicker. 
and about the help. And I think by not being their direct boss, that changes the dynamics where like maybe you maybe you bitch a little bit here and there about one of the staff, but like for the most part, you're probably gonna be much more likely to get along. Just because when they're in your home and you pay for it, if they don't do exactly what you want to do, now you can be an ass. But if you're at a facility and you're paying for this privilege, you still have to follow the rules. Oh, yeah. And and like I said, they they really uh, they really seem to like it. It was funny. You know, he's he's sold on this Sony Bravia TV. He's had I, that TV, that Sony Bravia that he has is, gosh, it has to be twelve years old. You know the, you know the. It's changes like one in, of the original thin screens, isn't it? Yeah, and, I, and, and it was a great TV in its day, but it's not still, even a flat screen, though. I don't dude, think they still make Sony Bravias today, and it was like we we had it moved over there. And moved, you know, he was bound to determine. I want that in my soundbar. It's like, okay. So we moved it or had it moved over there, hooked it up, couldn't get sound on it. And it had a line in the screen. And he's like, you know, and Jane's saying, well, dad, you know, the replacement TV is like 1400 bucks. Why don't you just get a new one? And he's like, no, 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 no. Well, we went over there the next night, and I got sound going. I at least got sound. But it wasn't going through. It was only going through the sound bar. It wasn't coming through the TV. And, you know, on the way home, I'm talking with your mom, and I go, you know what? They're saving so much money each month. Let's just go buy them a TV. And and she was, like, all about it. She's like, we need to. So I looked. I found one. We went, we bought it, we went, picked it up the next day, and we took it there. And I took the, and old, so took many... the old one out and hooked the new one up, and it's fantastic. Like, don't get me wrong, I have a great big Samsung, and I love it because it was ahead in technology for its day. And so it's still a very current television today. But, and that's what you're going to get with the big name brands, is you might get a little bit of future proofing. But, if you go with Element or Westinghouse or Vizio, you're going to get a somewhere between $1,500 and $2,500 TV for 700 to 1200 bucks. I mean, like, with t- so that's the biggest thing is with technology advancing so far these days, it's cheaper to make TVs the way we used to. And so TVs that are still currently modern are super cheap to make. It's only if you're going up to the new style of micro LED that's going to be anything expensive. And I don't know why he wouldn't just get a new TV. I mean, you probably get one double the size, twice the picture quality for a few hundred bucks cheaper than replacing that one. He didn't want any bigger. I asked him because I could have bought a bigger one cheaper and a Bravia, a bigger one cheaper. And nope. And I actually... You know, because the screen now doesn't have a border on the edge. It's right. full picture screen, edge to edge. A true flat screen, yeah. So his old TV, the screen amount measured 40 and a half inches. 
his new TV measures 41 and a half inches because it's actual corner to corner. Right. And here's the cool thing. The coolest thing. He's got voice, you know, activated remote. Yeah. We taught him how to use that. All he's got to do is say football and it boom, everything, every football related show. That's That's what I do. I can't even tell you. He can watch. I can't. There's two things on it. So he has Xfinity. So there's two things I have Xfinity that I use for college football season. There's um, you, you do the the mic button and you talk into it and I'll say college football and then it brings up all the stuff or the other thing and you can show him this because it's super easy right below the directional pad there's letters I think A through D maybe Uh huh. the C button will bring up sports and he can have favorite teams saved and it will give them the stat line any uh, star players, this current scoreboard, the current time. He can do it for multiple games. He can leave it up on the side while he's watching a game so that he can see the stats of other games. But he can also go to where they are and click on it, and it will take him to directly to the channel that game's on. Or if it's scheduled for the future, he can click on it and record it. So, I mean, it's been... Uh, that I like... I. No joke. I've had Xfinity since I've lived here with Melissa, and I cannot tell you what channel any of the sports are on that I watch because I only do the mic or I press that C button, and that C brings up sports. So for me, I'll have Michigan basketball, Michigan football, the Detroit Lions, and, uh, you know, if I'm feeling the Pistons that year, maybe the Pistons or the Wings, but I, I save them as my favorite teams. And so immediately when I press that C button, it says your teams and it shows me if they're playing and what the score is. And then other than that, you can just page over with the directional arrow and it will go through every sport. So it'll give you even like female college soccer and then NCAA basketball. And and it's super easy to go through. That's cool. And I mean, he's, he's figured out how to use that voice remote. I'm sorry if you're getting background noise, Mike. Water softeners be charging. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, we got the new TV and got it hooked up, and everything's good, and we're feeling good about it. And like I said, I can already notice a difference in your mom's, you know, stress level and and stuff because she knows they're being taken care of, and it's a really nice. It's a Fairly new facility, extremely nice. So, and they have good food. So everything's working good. Now, a week from Thursday. Can you, today, can you adjust your gain knob just a little bit if you can turn it down? Your, your sound, uh, I'm not hearing anything in the background, but it sounds like your mic is trying to do noise canceling. And so you're a little bit fuzzy. Is that better? It's about the same, but it's all right. I Any mean, better? You're, you're understandable. Is that any better? That's better. Yes. Okay, good. Um, at any rate, you know, today's Monday, the 17th. On the 27th is the first round of the NFL draft. And don't want to spend too much time on it because we'll be spending a little bit more on it next week. I don't want to bore anybody, but you know <laughs> how I get you know how I get amped up about the draft and 
there's already a lot of things that could happen. Oh, a God. lot of the free people being shy of taking a QB or hearing the Lions might trade up to three. Yeah, I mean, I've I read all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah, and 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 a lot of that is just fodder, but a lot sure. of it isn't. You know, a lot of it. I really do believe that the Lions have positioned themselves so. I don't think anybody knows what they're going to do. Well, and the other thing, too, like the more you posture and make the GMs and coaching staff nervous of, let's say, the first five picks, the more likely something bizarre will happen and a player that shouldn't be there falls to you. Right. And so So, I I do think a lot of this is that fodder you're talking about. Like people are just, you know, stirring shit up, trying to get everybody antsy. And there will be surprises there always are there will be surprises there'll be a player picked higher than you thought and i mean significantly higher and then there'll be at least one player take what taken way lower than you thought you know and i'm talking about first round players but you know last year the patriots i want to say they picked in the 20s and you know they took a guard that everybody had ranked as a fifth round prospect they took him in the first round, and he started every game. So there's a lot of things going to happen. We'll get into a little bit more of it. Uh, we talked about last week, we talked about uh, one of my buddies that I had you know, gotten reacquainted with and uh, that I worked with years ago. He worked with me when I was putting up traffic signs, and you brought up the sign-slapping story which we were talking about my buddy Ken Yunkin and this didn't happen to him i had i had several people like when i needed help you know they would a different department might send me a guy and you know so i they sent me this guy from engineering and i don't know what he did in engineering I I think he sat around a lot and didn't do much of anything. He seemed like he was, he thought he was above work, you know, and don't get me wrong. It's not like you're driving railroad spikes eight hours a day, but it's work. I mean, it's, it's physical work. And I was doing all that part. I always, you know, swung the sledgehammer and did all that. But this guy was so annoying to have his help. And I mean, he was very quiet. It wasn't that he was rude or hard to get along with. He just didn't want to do anything. It's like you'd see a a sign that had been damaged. Somebody had run over it. You pull up. I'd pull the truck up to it and get in the position that we have to to pull the bent post out of the ground and drive the new post in and all that stuff. And I'd have to tell him to get out of the truck. I mean, he'd just sit there. And I don't I only had him for I might have had him for a couple of weeks one year. And I mean I'd had it with this guy. <laughs> and we I remember where it happened, and it was a place out in northern Jackson County, and there was one of those um big like double arrows that you see at the end of the road that in Michigan they're black on yellow and it's got 
arrows going in both directions. It's like when you come to the end of the road and there's genuine, generally a stop sign there, this was just like a directional arrow to tell you, again, that's the end of the road. You got to go one way or the other. And they're like 24 inches high by 48 inches long. They're putting the ground on two posts. They're made, the signs are made out of aluminum, and there's spring tension in that aluminum. Well, in this case, and you know, I've been with this guy for a couple of weeks, and I'm tired of telling him to get out of the truck because he didn't want to do anything. I pull up to this sign that somebody had just run over. I mean, both posts were bent. The sign was laying down. One post was lower than the other one. So you know that's under tension. And I had this hammer that had a wedge sharpened on the end of it. And it was like a four-pound hammer. And so you would always do something to the bolts that you put on the sign so people couldn't steal them. So they couldn't take them off with a wrench. Yeah. And, and so you do something, like pound them over with a hammer or what. So to take them off... I'd get on the back side of the post and I'd take that hammer with that wedge on it and hit that bolt and break it off. Well, you know, this guy who's, you know, doesn't know how to do anything. Do you remember the guy who worked with us um, when we worked at the same place named Alex? Yes, I was thinking of stories about him. Yes. He's that kind of a guy. He doesn't know how to do anything. He's above it. He doesn't want to do anything. But it's not just that. It's a, and I would I struggle to call anyone useless, but I will say this: it is a struggle to find their use. That's fair. And I and I don't know about this guy that I'm talking of. You know, fifty years ago. Yeah, forty-five years ago. I, Maybe he went on to be a raging success. I I would be shocked if he did because he just didn't seem to have a lot of ambition. And being assigned to do any kind of physical labor was way beneath him. And you could just tell it. So anyway, this sign's all bent and it's under tension. I knock one of the bolts off on one side. And the guy, you know, again, I didn't say get out of the way. Because I didn't think I had to. I didn't do this on purpose. But I knocked the other bolt off of that one side of the sign. And that aluminum was under tension. And I mean, that thing jumped up. Hit him. The edge of that sign hit him right in the head. And it bounced back and forth and hit him in the head like four times. Yeah. Whap, 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 whap. And left. <laughs> like, it didn't draw blood, but it made, like, blood under the skin like for in, sure like a strawberry places on his <laughs> forehead so i just thought and you know and yunkin wasn't this wasn't yunkin and yunkin ken wasn't anything like that ken was a very willing worker but i just thought you know what you kind of earned that you know oh. with this guy it's like dude you know what what am i supposed to say back up i mean <laughs> i I honestly, I didn't look. I didn't think I had to look. But, man, he got whacked pretty good. 
<laughs> in the head. And I think when I, the first time I told you that story, you said karma's a bitch. Yeah, and, uh, it is. Well, that's why I but say, I mean, there's know? people like, like, you, you know, you're talking about Alex. I mean, there's a few stories there, you know, I took him to one of the sites and there's a cookie cutter, like uh stripping project. So it's a perfect rectangle cut out of the earth. That's, I don't know, 70 yards long by 100 yards wide. And all you have to do to survey this is walk the edge of it and take points from the high ground and right. then walk the edge of it again and take points from the low ground. And everything else in between, because it was at grade, you know is going to be flat, so you don't even need to survey. You can just have the data interpolate between it. Yep. And so, or you can take one shot, like one spot shot in the middle and have all the points tie together for AutoCAD building a surface. It's very basic. I mean, walk a rectangle twice. And I explain this to him. I show him this. I go, you're facing north. This is the way the controller works. And our boss calls. And I'm on the phone with our boss. And he starts surveying. And I turn around not three minutes later. And I go, oh, shit, I got to go. And I hung up on my boss because he walked out of the cookie cutter, had gone like another 50 yards, and was walking through the woods on the neighbor's property oh, where you can't boy. even get signal to survey. Oh, boy. So then we can't do that. So my, my old boss has me take him onto another project to do grade staking. That's a pain in the ass on its own. Doing it right. with someone who's going to make it harder, not ideal. <laughs> sure. So just because you got to be very accurate. Like if you're wrong, you screw up the whole project. So I take him out there and it's like, I can't have him measure it. I can't have him marking it up. I you know, he, he's, Nothing. if I give him the bundle of stakes, they're bigger than he is. So I give him the hammer and I'm like, all you got to do is <laughs> grab the stake and tap this into the ground. Once it's in the ground, give it one or two good hits. You hit it down a couple inches. That way it won't tip over while the, the earth movers are moving. I've got everything else. So I'm carrying the stakes for him, carrying the ribbon, carrying the marker. <laughs> I've got the survey gear. And I, I can't even think of why he faced this way. But while I was getting the marker out to mark the stick, he decided to, instead of be facing towards me and hammer into the ground the stake, he decided to face his ass towards me. And instead of tapping the stake into the ground and then hitting it a couple times, he just wanted to one hit it into the ground. And he missed and hit me square in the shin with a four pound maul. And I thought I was going to murder this kid. I mean, that shit, for anyone who hasn't been hit with that, double the pain of running into a trailer hitch with your shin. Yeah. It was brutal. And so then when I tell my boss this, because he, we got put in an awkward spot. The, this, right. uh, this person w was a family friend. He had friend. an inside track. Exactly. Yeah. And so he was making more money than me. <laughs> All this crazy stuff. And, and it put my boss in a bad spot where we didn't know what to do. So we bring him into a meeting with us. And I think you were there. 
because we brought him into a meeting because we couldn't have him out in the field. And while we're explaining what's going to happen during mining planning or the big meeting of the year, you look over and I, I believe it was you and you point at him and my boss a, and I look at and he's sleeping yeah. and the whole thing was for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, that, again, he's bringing maybe be the next useless, attorney general of the state of Michigan or something. I, he went, I think he ended up going to Purdue for engineering, but I heard he had some big hotshot job. I don't remember what it was, but you know, I, I say this all the time. It, it baffles me the the success people have, and good for them, honestly. But even my wife, if it comes to research or anything, just using Google in a basic manner, I swear it seems like a struggle. But it's like she's a college graduated nurse. I mean, she's got a degree. She's very good at her job. I and I sit there and I go, how the hell did you pass any classes if you struggle this bad online? But it's just, I, I don't know. They got something I don't, I guess. I, yeah. Well, a degree for one. But yeah. 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 <laughs> That's I, about I, it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I was so frustrated with that kid because, you know, Matt gave him me one day and I took it. I can't remember if you were there or not, but Salam and I were. Salam went with me and Salam was just there because he brought. Alex and we were sitting offset stakes because we were going to pave a driveway and it is simple math and I mean it's you know dividing 18 by 2 this, in your head was this at Ray Road? yes I were took him there? there I don't think Salam went I took him there to stake with you oh Salam showed up I, re yeah, I remember he, Salam he was probably doing something with the drone there but I was I, I do remember doing this project with you Salam showed up and whatever Alex was doing, because he was so awful at it, I asked Salam to do it. And so Alex just did nothing. He walked with us. Yeah. And I, I, think, was, I was just beside myself. If I remember correctly, I, I'm not sure why Salam was there, but I think I brought Alex there and was, I think I had to leave him with you because I was doing, uh, Blow counts with Zanati, I believe, for the M24 yeah. quarter. But I do remember that. I remember your frustration, and and I just, I I know we had an exchange at some point, like within the next week or so, and I can't remember exactly what it was. I wish I could, but it's like, it was something along the lines where I walked up to you. And I'm like, do you see how baffling it is? Like it's, oh. you're you're. Yeah actually at a loss on what is safe to do i mean i've only had one person that was worse than that that i've had to work with and again same company same type of scenario and um they had him counting absopure water bottles in our one of our storage shed <laughs> and when he got done they asked him for the inventory he literally counted all the bottles he didn't separate the ones that were full and the ones that were empty. Oh my goodness. I've got one more story that might trump that. And this was, I mean, one of my favorite things that happened while I worked for that company. Um, there, there was, um, well, I don't want to say his full name, but I, I guess I'll say his last name. Cause I don't know if you know, if I just said his first name, but Weaver. Yeah. 
um, he when he left and, and and he was good help, but it, he didn't understand things and think them through all the time. So you had and, to make sure you explained it perfectly. But if you explained it perfectly, it would get done. And he wasn't afraid of physical work. Not at all. Right. And, and I think he was pretty good natured. Like, I don't think he was a bad dude by any means, but he used to just do things bizarre where you, you, you wonder if the light's just not on. Like, like right. are we on autopilot here? What, what happened? After he, he ended up quitting. It was a, you know, weird scenario, but he ended up quitting. And after he left, I used to discover all of these things that he had done in the most bizarre way they should like what happened here mm-hmm. and i used to call them little gems that he left us so, so every time when i'd come into the office i'd go i found another little gem and everybody'd want to know what it was and my favorite one it was the last week that he had worked there uh he was responsible for cleaning up our atv and pulling it up into the trailer and, and then he ended up not working, and the, I can't remember if winter came or whatever, but we had not used the ATV for months at this point. We come back. He, again, is the last person to have touched it. And like you do with anything in a trailer, you got to use tie-downs and strap it down, right? I mean, you got you to yeah. make sure it's secure in the trailer for hauling. Right. So I go in there to check and make sure that this thing is secure, before I hook up to the truck. And when I opened those doors, he took tie downs and literally tied it down. He didn't use a single ratchet or the hooks. Like used them like ropes and tied them in knots. Yes. (laughs) He literally tied the ATV to the floor hook with ratchet straps. That's funny. (laughs) I don't, it's (laughs) it's <laughs> and and here's the worst part he tied it in so many knots we had to cut them off well so we lost our ratchet <laughs> but it's like who does i mean come on like i know they can get stuck but a ratchet strap's one of the most simple machines you'll use especially on tie downs man they're not very complicated well and on an atv too you've got holes in the frame yeah so the hooks fit right in it's not even like where do i put this you put one hook in the frame of the dump bed. You put one hook around the the uh, front brush guard, and then the other hooks go on the floor, and you just ratchet it, and it tightens down. And instead of using, what, three to tie this down, he used eight, I believe. And they were actually... So, like, when I say fully tied down, I'm saying he took the hook and the ratchet, and slid it through the D-ring on the floor and then tied it into a knot and then tied that to another ratchet strap and then tied that to the ATV. <laughs> well, everybody knows, um, everybody's used the measuring tape, the retractable measuring tapes. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows, like, you can pull the tape out, lock it with a button so it holds stiff and or you know if you're measuring something a short distance by yourself you can use it that way to hook onto something and and be able to read it i remember alex didn't know how to release he said the tape stuck he didn't know how to release the like the button well we had two 
I thought I thought we did something else with them, maybe out at Freedom. I can't remember, but but you had the measuring tool that's on a wheel that you roll it for to measure feet. Right. And he couldn't figure that out. And then I thought we got the you see them in track if if anyone's ever run track before, but um they're obviously used a lot in construction. Uh but they're the tape measures that are on a reel and they pull out. You know what I'm talking about? I, yeah. I mean they're like a hundred feet long. Yeah. They're not like your yeah. twelve foot have, tape measure. Yeah. I have one. There yeah. was a time where you had me do something for you, and Alex was with me, so he had that tape measure, and we used it, and then I gave it back, or I gave it to him, and I'm like, all right, just, you know, put this away. And and I think he put it like either like in your trunk or something, because it was yours. And when you got there, it was completely unraveled. <laughs> like he, I gave him the tape measure when we were done, because he was, well, I didn't even give him that. I was holding the end to measure. He was holding the actual device. So I just let go and I said, all right, put it away. But he didn't wrap it up. He just just left it loose and threw it in your trunk. Like, good luck, man. And I just, where's the thought? Like you what said, are you doing? Uh, you just wonder about people. Now, we've got a, we've got a, um, our first golf scramble and, are you going to get out and play before the first week in June? I think that scrambles June 3rd. Yeah, I think I'm going to. I mean, I was going to, we were going to play this past week, um, but but a couple things came up and we couldn't. So I, I Well, I'm going to definitely get out. get out once or twice. I want to, to just loosen up. But Well, maybe we'll okay. stop by and have mom watch the kids and Melissa and I'll play with you one of these times beforehand. That'd work. The above or below 50 for this week. Okay, for those that don't know, a scramble, you use the best ball. It's like four of you hit tee shots. You go to the best tee shot. Everybody hits from there, and that's how you score. So in a scramble, you should be able to score pretty good. We, ne- we never score great, but we you should be able to score pretty well, you know, because you're taking the best shot of four every time. And there are guys there who play in that tournament who Say they finished 20 under par. I don't know that they do, but the same team. Not a chance. Not with well, as hammered as everyone gets. But, okay, so here's the above or below 50 for this week. In the, in our June 3rd scramble, and I don't, your brother has a wedding, your brother Jacob, so he can't play, but I think Big Mike's going to play. Right. Uh, Joe's, Joe's friend, Mike. The above or below 50. For the scramble, are we going to score even par or below, above or below 50? What's your thoughts? I'm going to give us a 70, a 75. Um, so I'm going above that we break even or, or go below. So, so go really, negative, I guess. Yes. And, and the only reason. Or I guess the reasons. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Mike's a decent golfer. Yeah, Mike's okay. I, yep. I know that you're a decent golfer. Joe will hit his good shots here and there. And I have played more golf in the last two or three years than I've played in the rest of my life. And so, although I'm not consistent, when I hit a really good shot, it's not 10 feet from the hole. It's six inches from the hole. Um, and, and so if 
again, so you're it, saying you, 70 or 75 percent percent chance that we do it, that we break even or go Dude. lower. Because I think, I think this year, because we can get there, so that that's the two parts. It seems like our mid range has always been good, but it, it seems like we either short deck it on a putt and botch that. Or when we tee off, nobody hits a good drive, and we've got a long way to go from our second hit. It With you being there and Mike being there, which my guess is Mike is probably more consistent than Jacob, um, at least from what I've heard. If we're out in the fairway, it's like, I mean... I know Joe can hit out of the fairway. I've been hitting a lot better out of the fairway. Obviously, you can hit out of the fairway. Just uh, on a better consistency basis, I think we will have many more birdies. And so I think we'll be closer to breaking even or being under just because even though we're going to botch some putts, I think we'll have more birdies as to where go a few years back, and if we got there a par, everybody's smiling. I'm I'm not I don't have the confidence level of you and and I don't think we'll finish way over par but I'd say we have a 10% chance to break even or go under a break even and a scramble yes cuz really we we're we always flirt with it but many times we're one or two over many yeah. times but you know again and 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 I mean I think Mike's like the rest of us. I mean, I wouldn't say, I don't necessarily think Mike's better than Jacob, but Mike can hit some really good shots. It, but he can, you know, he's inconsistent, like we all are, you know. Right. But I don't think we have a great chance just because, you know, we have had this happen, and you've been there, where we got a 12-foot putt, an 8-foot putt for a birdie. Nobody makes it. We three putt it. <laughs> we got a six foot putt for a birdie. Nobody makes it. We got a four foot putt for a par. Nobody makes it. It's like those kind of things kill you. And as much fun as it, as it is, and it is, and Mike's a great sub. You know he fits right in, and he you know he plays along like everybody else. Mike's a great guy to sub. He's really good natured and he can hit some shots, but I just don't think we, we never put it together. And even if we do, somebody's going to claim to shoot 20 under or something. So, yeah, I don't think know. there's any chance we come close to winning. I just like in my own play, I, I was happy, you know, in 2018, 2019 to get bogey. That was like really good for me. And over the past couple of years playing with Melissa, I, I've gotten a, a few birdies on my own, obviously. But, you know, I, we've been playing on really hard courses, but I've right. got a few on my own. And even just by myself, my score has gone from like plus astronomical to single digits. Well, I mean, I'm I'm over par, but that's by like I'm not gonna change this scramble by myself by any means. I'm certainly an uh, a handicap player, but I'm substantially better than I had been in the past. And I just I don't know. I if 
I hope you're right, dude. I if hope the window, the, the windows just got to line up, right? So yeah. when you're inconsistent, one of us has to hit a good drive. When, when, then when all of us are inconsistent, Mike's got to hit a good shot. And, and I just, it, it seems like it'd be pretty hard for it not to align for that to happen. And I know we haven't done it in the past, but I think some of that was just, one sucking at golf, two being a little willy nilly. But if we're actually putting effort into it, I think we can go even with par. I mean, I'll know more once Melissa and I play how bad because you're shaking the rust off after the, you know, oh, the sure. winner. That's so. why it's important to get out a couple of times. And it'd be nice to get out, like I said, a couple of times in at least, you know, inside of a week or a week before that outing aside from loosening up and taking practice swings but actually play around another big thing i've done um like if melissa can't hit a a straight drive which most of the time she's killing it but if if we're gonna have to kind of play scramble for a hole or whatever i've been able to chop my drive down so instead of just you know winding up and going crazy and hopefully it goes straight and i don't slice it into oblivion um that i i take like a very rigid uh pendulum swing so it's uh, i don't even really bring the club up to my shoulders like i don't take it that high in my backswing but i can even that i i usually drive straight when i'm doing that on a narrow course and I'm hitting about 230 with it. It's nothing spectacular, but oh, dude, I'd take that every time. Straight is, yeah. Straight, I mean, that's the problem. I'd take right? 230 every time if you can get well, it straight. I started getting better at driving, and I, and I'm not good by any means. Don't don't let me you know confuse anybody out there. I am not good by any means, but I started driving better because when Melissa and I started playing some of these courses that are harder. We get up to our tee box, and then I go, "Hold on, where's yours?" And I and I couldn't even see it, and so we drive up to see where hers was, and then drive back to mine. And you know, you get on a regular course. Sometimes they're forty yards ahead, ninety yards ahead, one hundred and ten yards ahead, maybe, and that's like a far one. And there's some of these where it's a par five, and she's like one eighty seven in front of me, and other ones where it's a par four, and she's one forty five, one sixty five, and so it's like I got one hundred and sixty five yards till I get to your tee box, man. Like I gotta, I gotta they hit have, this well over two hundred, or else you're gonna be a mile in front of me. I didn't play them last year, but they have senior tees, which are very close to the women's tees. Yeah, and I'm I'm a senior. So I could play from the senior tees. Do it. Well, that's what Jacob was saying last year. And I didn't do it, but I may do that this year. If I did that, then we might we might have a chance of getting under par. Because <laughs> that is yeah. a big, that's a huge advantage. That's a huge advantage. But we've got that coming up. I'm sure we're going to have at least one more. I want to play a little more golf this year, but we and we're going to talk about this m- more as we lead up to it. But in August, we mentioned I think on the last podcast we've got a family motorcycle trip coming up, and I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm really looking forward to the fact that all you guys are going. Yeah, and, I mean, did you did you say the destination or the plan for when we're down there last time we talked? I, about I don't it? remember, but you know, it's 
we're going we've we've rented a vacation rental house very close to Maryville, Tennessee. It's like four miles, which is very close to the Smoky Mountains, Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And uh, we've rented, all of us rented Harleys out of there, um, out of the same dealership in Maryville. And we're going to ride for three days in the Smokies. And then Alan is flying up to Dallas earlier that week. He's renting a bike in Dallas. He's rented a big Yamaha. I saw it. I think it's a 17, 1800 Yamaha. It's all decked out. You know, it's got hard bags on it and stuff. And he's riding up from Dallas and he's going to meet us in Maryville and ride with us. And, you know, we're going to ride the tail of the dragon and all that's going to be fun. 322 curves and 11 miles. I mean, I see I'm all excited. these different stats. Yeah, so apparently it's three, yeah, apparently that 322 or 327, I can't remember what it is, but that is every time the road has more than like a 10 degree change. So the real curves, I've heard it's it's even in the 200s, but again, over 11 miles, that's insane. And it's beautiful country. Now, I've been told on the tail of the dragon other than a few pull-off areas like outlooks actually you know you don't see a lot because there's so much woods you're not and it's so curvy you're not seeing a lot but obviously in the smoky mountains i mean we'll be driving through tunnels and uh no it's it's beautiful country i've seen footage of the tail of the dragon and, and it does seem very much like that um it almost reminds me a little bit of like uh, when you get out in the country in Jackson and you got those rolling hills when some people have their house is right next to the road and then the hills right behind their house and the trees are all there and it's a giant woodlot and on the other side you almost have a a high wall edge from a rolling hill where the road was cut through mm-hmm. it's i've seen a lot of footage where it's like that so you're you're just kind of going down a windy road and i i it doesn't seem like it's much of an experience um, visually. I think it's more for the rider's enjoyment of that many turns. I mean, uh, we'll have three just days. looking at footage of going of people going through that versus footage that I've seen, plus also riding through the tunnel of trees. I think the tunnel of trees is a much better view, but the the actual road is uh, yes much better for the tail of the dragon and the, and we're going to be you know that's that'll be one day's adventure is riding the tail of the dragon we have two other days to ride so we're going to hit some of the we're going to go through part of the Shenandoah Valley we'll be able to ride on the Blue Ridge Parkway I mean and those are scenic you guys rides. are going to get Joe to shit his pants and they're and we're going to get some elevation too <laughs> and Joe will shit his pants. But you took, you and Melissa took your oldest boy, JJ, to the movies today. What'd you see? Yes. We saw the new Mario movie. Okay. So um, Chris Pat- Pratt plays Mario, and I think it's Jack Black plays Bowser. Um, but But essentially... Uh, if you're a fan of the video games or even the the like live action movie that happened in the 90s all of that's included you, you get to see a lot of the different characters 
Um, I know one of the characters I didn't see in the movie was Yoshi, but other than that, they they seem to do a very good job of bringing in the elements like like Donkey Kong's going to be in there, Toad's going to be in there for anyone who knows the franchise. So you have a lot of the main characters from the video games, plus the abilities, the the different suits and stuff they wear that give them different powers when you play Mario. All of those were included. Um, it, it was a very family-friendly movie. I thought it was incredibly well done. They bring up everything. So if you grew up in that area playing those video games, it's very nostalgic because you see all that stuff. And they did a, a good job with references as well. Um, one, one of the things I noticed is what the, this movie leads into how Mario gets into... The world of Mario, which is that that uh, mushroom land, uh, because he's actually from Brooklyn, and so it shows how he gets caught up in this alternate reality. And once he gets there, one of the main characters, Toad, is showing him like around the village, trying to lead him to the princess. And as they pass a kiosk, there are other animated characters, and one of them selling goods, and the other one's purchasing goods. And the one purchasing goes, does this, does this work? And the seller goes, yeah. And he goes, sometimes you just got to blow on it. And it's just little things like that, because I'm sure you remember all the old video game cartridges. You had to blow on them to get them to work. And Mario was like the king of that. (laughs) And so... Wasn't that the Nintendo thing that you had to blow on them all the time? Nintendo and Sega, but Nintendo's more notoriously known. And that's where Super Mario is, is Nintendo. So, um, But they did a really good job having little tie-ins like that. The other thing is the soundtrack is killer. I mean, it's just awesome. They have classic songs in there. You Uh would love it. I mean, just... They've got um acdc in there um is it electric light orchestra or yeah yellow yes they have them in there um there's a whole bunch i if i tried to remember them all i'm sure i'd just keep stumbling and stammering but the the soundtrack is just phenomenal chris pratt does a much better job at mario than i think anyone was ready to give him credit for because i know that was a concern um and and staying true to the franchise and what it is i thought they did very very well and it's entertaining for an adult like i would recommend that you see it cool this sounds cool so yeah the that that was the movie the other part was this was jj's first movie so um the the exciting part about that obviously it's his first movie it's his first big boy movie so we're in a theater and he's got to behave and all of that and he did very well but we also um we we don't have any just kind of like plain jane theaters around us it's all imagine theaters so he got to be very spoiled because we go into this imagine theater and you've got the extra leg room you're sitting in a recliner uh, so he's got his legs up, back tilted, and he's got climate control. So he's got air conditioning in his seat. And we get pretzel bites, pizza, and candy delivered to us during the movie. So yeah, he like was that. living life. <laughs> the, and, and we talked about the Imagine Theaters. They're so, the chairs are comfy, the food's good. You get stuff delivered during the movie. That's fantastic. 
Well, they just make it worth the price. I, that's my like. I remember growing up. We we always went to Quality Sixteen. Um, I think it was on Jackson Road, but but we always went to Quality Sixteen, and you you get like a snack or whatever, and the snack plus the movie tickets, you, you were spending an astronomical amount of money. And not only are the chi- uh, the t- uh, the tickets cheaper now, but you're getting that seat and you're getting the food for relatively the same price, if not cheaper. And it's delivered to you and it's super high quality. I mean, the pizzas that imagine they're all made in brick ovens. So they're phenomenal. And it's just, you're actually getting the bang for your buck. It's more worthwhile to go see a movie and get that stuff than it is to go out to a dinner. Yeah. Because you get the whole thing. There's an imagine that's fairly close to, where your mom and I live and and we we've been there and it is nice that I always said and I said this for years like the drive-in theaters used to be popular right yeah I and, wish they still were and the food was notoriously bad and notoriously expensive but it was bad like you know Alan and I would go to the drive-in all the time because they'd have like a triple feature of horror movies you know and you and you're there in the car and you got the stupid speaker that's you know you can barely understand it but the the food was so bad we got to a point you know and this is during our high school days we would you know smuggle in kfc or you know bring it in the trunk right and and, you know i never uh, understood why they didn't joint venture pepsi Uh, why they what why they wouldn't do like a joint venture it would make so much sense to me to to put an a and w out there so you can have a frozen mug during your your movie Dude, or have, put a totoroffs or a coney island like <laughs> you know what i, I mean have, though i've pondered that question for years i used to tell alan coney island it's yeah. like put coney island put a pizza hut in there or something you can or a little hot and ready trailer that they used to do like yeah. uh, Little Caesars could, used to do. Yeah, you could charge what you wanted because people are paying it for bad food. <laughs> right. And they'll pay more for good food. But, yeah, that I, I love the Imagine experience. Now, we talked a little bit about golf outing coming up. One, one of these times, we're going to have to do this. Now, Alan and I have done these trips. We call them golf suicide. Now, one year... We had golf suicide weekend. It started at a golf course up by Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it started on Friday evening. So you you basically paid one fee, and you have a golf cart and all the golf you can play until like Sunday afternoon at two. And, and it starts on Friday night at twilight. Yes. And oh he had like a camper, tra- uh, a travel trailer, a small one. And they had a campground there at the golf course. So, I mean, he pulls his, his uh, travel trailer, parks it. And we played golf. I, I think we got in 18 holes Friday night. Saturday, I want to say we played. I mean, we were both dragging because, you know, we're drinking and stuff Friday night, too. And Saturday, I want to say we played 81 holes. Oh, and then my God. And Sunday, we played like 36. I'll never do that. 
Well, I was younger then. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, we might be I able to play 81 holes if one of us putt, the other one hit mid, and the other one was hitting driver. But and I <laughs> wouldn't suggest that. But what I would suggest is in around Jackson County, there used to be 22 public golf courses. There's not that many anymore. The economy has killed a few over the years. But I bet there's still 15 or 16. And many of those have an all-day pass. Like where, and I, I'm not going to know the numbers, but as an example, if you paid $40 for 18 holes in a cart, 18 holes in your share of a cart, if you paid $55, you play all day. They still have those at some nice courses in Jackson. And like one of those courses I'm thinking of, they have, I believe, 54 holes. You know, I was going to say, like, if you got to a course, like there's one that we play at, I think it's Bellow Woods, but it's got um, three different nine hole courses. It's like, now playing 27 holes isn't going to be that bad because you're not replaying it. So I could see playing like nine on a Friday night either 18 or 27 on Saturday and then another nine maybe on Sunday, but playing 81 holes in a day, my God. I don't even want to, I don't, we don't even need to do it for a weekend, but if we could arrange to do that at one of those courses in Jackson where we play all day and we're not, I I wouldn't expect to, I don't think my body would hold up to play even 54 holes anymore. Well, that's why I feel like it'd be better to do 18, but just two days in a row. Well, what Alan and I would do, and we did this many times. And again, this was, there were more courses then. pricing was more competitive. And I mean, some of these are nice tracks. I mean, they're nice public courses. And what we would do is that we would play 18 Go in, have lunch, have a couple drinks, maybe get a drink to go. Go out and play another 18 with one club and a putter. And compare your score with one club and a putter. You're teeing off with that one club too? Yep. Yep. You hit every so shot. You got to take club. a seven iron then, right? That's what <laughs> I took. That's I'm gonna yeah, like I don't know what else you're gonna have in your bag that's as well rounded. It was surprising, Jared. Many, many times, and we did that a lot, and many times our scores would be like two shots different using one club for I, even on every yeah, shot. I like got to imagine the only thing that would like fuck you is a par five. But again, if you're in the fairway, you can still get there in three. You get par. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And in lots, many times we would our scores would be, you know, within two strokes of what we played with a full bag of clubs. What is that? Tin cup? Is that the movie with the seven or Kevin Costner? Yeah. Yeah. Where he like bets a guy that he can beat him with one club. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's tin cup, but I can't remember. But you know, it's like, we should do that. And, And again, I'm not even saying we don't even have to play all day, but we should play more often. The four. Well, what I think I, would be fun is like how we're doing the bike trip this year, right? If for some reason we can't do a bike trip or not everyone's available for it, I think it'd be really fun 
for us guys to go up for a three or four day weekend and stay like in Petoskey and play the courses in Petoskey, but we can spread it out. So it's like, if we get up there early Friday and want to play, we play Friday, but maybe everybody's sore Saturday. So we don't play till Sunday, but just up somewhere nice in Northern Michigan, good weather, good food. And, and obviously they have some fantastic courses up there. Oh, I think time. a trip like that would be a lot of fun. And I, you know, and I wouldn't object to taking the families because we could no. still play golf, yeah, and take everybody. And there's something for ev- there's something for. But we are gonna have to have someone watch my kids because Melissa's gonna want to golf. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I'll take my turn. I'll take my turn. Well, I mean, we'll but, have you know, mom, Jen, Kelly, whoever. So yeah, I'm sure they can I'll, handle two extra kids. But let's. Uh, Think about a movie for next week that we want to review, and um, that's kind of where I am. I'm done. Sounds good. I'm ready to wrap it up as well. Um, To all of our listeners out there, we appreciate you guys sticking by us and and staying tuned. Um, Every like, subscription, share, those things always help, so we encourage you to do that. If you have any comments, questions, or or anything along those lines that you just want to share with us, things we can do better, please let us know. We'd love to hear some feedback. But on that note, be safe, be smart, make good choices, and peace out. Love you, Dad. Love you too, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye.